The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Everybody, welcome to Out of the Shadows, a new podcast focusing on the genre of horror, more specifically movies. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined by my buddy, Jim Clark. Jim. How's it going? We're getting into this. We were talking about this right before we started, and we, we know that at some point with this show, we want to go into all different you know decades and and you know, pieces of horror movies. But what's really inspiring the beginning of this show is there's this documentary that's out there called In Search of Darkness. It's about a four and a half hour documentary that that focuses on the horror of the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. And and what better area and decade to start than with horror than the 80s? Right. Horror's been around for a while, right? I mean, you're talking back to the 1930s. When was Nosferatu? Oh, my God. well, that was 1920. Don't yeah, 20s, right? It goes even further back to the silent movie era. Yeah, it yeah. Goes back. Even I'm sure you know. I'm sure you can look at pieces of Shakespeare and say there were so many, so such horror aspects to it, right? Oh, um, I mean, yeah. Look at look at Charles Dickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go back, and and horror's been a big deal. But the 80s feels like this was the decade when horror went from kind of this you know, pulp magazine, you know, uh, you know, kind of the, the what was the um, grindhouse style theaters to like, you could take this seriously. I mean, it was thanks, thanks to movies coming out of the late seventies, but it was because of that, that it just blossomed in the eighties. And we just have this kind of explosion of all types of horror. Yeah. There was like, it, it's, it's, it's weird because I feel like the eighties was this, this, just in general in the United States and pop culture even was just this dirty, gritty, dark time period mixed underneath, shaded by all those vibrant colors of the 80s. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the bottom of it, we have this horror where we're starting to we're starting to get a little bit dirty with the things that, that filmmakers are doing. You know what I mean? How far are they taking it, what they're showing, how, how yeah. they're doing it, you know? Yeah, dude, and I think you hit it right there when you said that about the 80s. I think... You know, the fact that horror thrived was because, you know, they were doing things like this, which was more of a reflection of what the realism in the 80s was like, what real life in the ladies was like. People were struggling. It wasn't this kind of this this glow facade that we kind of look back on it with, with nostalgia. Right. Because when we think 80s, at least for myself, I'm thinking Transformers. I'm thinking, you know, I was oh, a yeah. kid. I wasn't living in the world. But adults in the 80s, you know, they were just kind of like, uh, this isn't as great as it's, you know, cracked up to be, at least in certain demographics. So, uh, so yeah, dude. So the, let's let's get straight into it before we, uh, you know, before we actually get into the show, let's get into, you know, us and our history yes. with horror. So uh, as long as I've known you, I've known that you've been into the arts. I, I met you literally on the set of making a local film here in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, we became good friends right away. I mean, I, I feel like with you creatively, I, I enjoy the fact that you're a creative person. I like bouncing ideas off of you. I like talking about that kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the things that made it made us, you know, hit it off. But one of the other things was is that I 
did know you did have this passion for horror. You're a huge Stephen King fan, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, fan of the films, fan of the books mostly. Um, yeah. You have like what, every one of them? Uh, yeah, right, dude. I got, a, <laughs> I got a nice little collection going, but not even close, man. Okay. Not okay. even close. Uh, but yeah, so but yeah, you're a fan of that Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, we've yes. discussed all kinds of horror. So talk to us a little bit about horror, your history with horror, why you gravitated towards horror. I don't really know why I gravitated towards horror. I don't. I have no idea. Um, I know we've talked about this before, and, and just growing up, my grandmother used to live in the country, and we used to we used to go out there every weekend. Uh, and for some reason, every time I'd go in the living room, turn the TV on. And the original Poltergeist would be on for some reason. So I'd always go in there and I'd watch this. And, and I, like I, I was a little kid. You know what I mean? And it's a scary movie for a little kid to be watching. Yeah. I was afraid of her upstairs. I would always <laughs> run by the stairs. I was afraid of being out in the yard, hearing dogs barking in the distance, being afraid one of them was going to come over and drag me away or something. <laughs> so I don't know why I like horror because I was such a scared kid when it came to that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't really know, but I, I, growing up as a kid, kid, not too much into horror. I'd say maybe around fifth grade, I started with Halloween and, and from there, like I was familiar with horror, but I wasn't like into it. Like I am now and Halloween kicked it off from there and haven't looked back. Nice. Um, I also know that you are, uh, an avid outdoorsman type of a guy. Like you like to go camping and yes. you were, were you a boy scout, a, a, an Eagle scout or were you no, a scout? No, I was no. never, no, I, uh, I, my family and I would always go camping every summer. Um, I helped, uh, teach a backpacking class in college. Um, okay. How scout. far back do you remember how, you know, how young were you when you remember going out camping for the first time? Oh my God. Earliest, uh, I don't know, maybe six. Do you guys do horror, uh, ghost stories around the campfire ever during your camping time? Oh, man. I can't say seriously that we did. No. Like, we, okay. Oh, ghost stories, but never like anything yeah. serious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, dude, I remember being like, as we were, as you were just talking, I was thinking, how far back can I remember just enjoying horror or the idea of being afraid and fear? And it totally brought me back to easily i was five because i was still living in new york before i moved to florida i moved to florida when i was almost six years old see i didn't know you lived in new york oh yeah yeah Yeah, i was born in queens yeah yeah uh and i i have this this vivid memory of my cousin uh she was maybe seven years older than me and uh or maybe six years older than me i don't remember um but she was babysitting me, my little sister, who was like three at the time, my her brother, so my other cousin, who was a year older than me. So he was like six. And we were all sitting in this bedroom and she had the lights off and she was telling us the story. Have you I mean, this is one of those old campfire stories, but you've heard the story of the man with the golden arm. I'm not sure. So basically, just a real quick version of it is that this dude has a golden arm. He ends up dying. Uh a thief goes and digs up his body to take the golden arm, rips the golden arm off and wraps it up and takes it home with him. So he's in bed that night in his like third, third floor apartment room and he's sleeping and it's a, a, you know, a horrible storms coming through. And all of a sudden he hears this wailing in the distance, right? And it sounds like words and he's trying to hear it. And after a while he can hear the word saying, where's my golden arm, but like it's wailing. Right. And that's how you tell the story. Where's my golden arm? Real soft. And you get louder and louder. Right. And then he, then you, you talk about how he hears the door open 
and he hears steps coming, you know, up the stairs and even louder. Where's my golden arm? And as you're telling the story, you're supposed to get super loud, right? The door blasts open and then you you say you see this guy here and you say he says, where's my screams it like this? And as a kid, I'm like, oh, my God, in the dark. Right. And then the storyteller is supposed to jump to the person next to him and go, you got it and scare the shit out of him. And that was me. And I just remember just being like so terrified, but loving it. Like just it was just like the most joyful feeling in the world. And I think that's probably where, you know, what kicked off my love of fear. And that just kind of bleeds into horror. Like I've always been into horror ever since I remember watching Saturday afternoon creature features. You know what I mean? And so that makes me at like eight or nine years old. I love it, dude. I just absolutely yeah. love horror. I love all different versions and genres of horror. Um, is there a genre that you like the most, like a subgenre of horror that you like the most? I don't think there's a subgenre. No, I just like horror. If it's good and it's done well and it's a good story. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Hang we're on, talking we got- horror here, so sometimes story quality-wise are not that great. But if you got a good story, I'm usually set, yeah. however bad the rest of it is. Yeah, it's got to be good. It's definitely got to be good. So, um, yeah, dude, let's get into it. Let's start talking about the first film that's on the deck. So the first one we watched was John Carpenter's The Fog. John Carpenter's The Fog. This is KAB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here. And let me be the first to wish Antonio Bay a happy birthday. We're 100 years old today. And keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. 100 years ago, between midnight and one, something unknown came out of the fog. Now it has returned. Oh, Jesus. 100 years ago, between midnight and one, something unnatural came out of the fog. Now it has returned. ago between midnight and one something evil came out of the fog now it has returned Who's there? the fog antonio bay has a curse on it we're all cursed there's no water getting here but something off a coal bin i think i'll go to vancouver now Where's the fog now? It should be right outside my door now. Oh, there's something different about this fog. Dan, stay away from the door! Someone listen to me! Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. Stay away from the fog. (laughs) From the creator of Halloween, the ultimate experience in terror and suspense. John Carpenter's The Fog. 
Starring Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Houseman, Janet Leigh as Kathy Williams, and Hal Holbrook as Father Malone. The Fog. What you can't see won't hurt you. It will kill you. Between midnight and one, it will find you. Yes. Had you ever, you've never seen this before? No, I've never seen this before. Okay. And I think the only other John Carpenter film I've seen is Halloween. I don't think I've really seen any other. I've seen pieces of, I think, Escape from New York. Okay. But I don't think I've seen anything. Did you see, did you see three, Season of the Witch? Yes, but he only produced that. I think he, didn't he write it too? Or he, yeah, yeah, okay. he didn't direct it. Okay, yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, so this is, this is, this is, so this is like his third, right? I think this is the third film that came right after Halloween. I'd have to pull that up to take a look at oh, it. Oh, after Halloween, no, oh, third film that came after Halloween, his third, or his first big picture after Halloween. He had two uh, TV movies in between. Yes, yes, yes. Um, let's get so into this it. Is kind let's, of his, let's talk about it. It's kind of his follow-up. Yeah, you know let's, I mean? let's talk about it. What were your uh, overall, like, let's get into, like, what do you want to talk about first? Um, I don't know. Uh, what, what, was, what was your impression? You've seen this before, yeah? I saw it when I was younger, again. So, like, I remember watching a lot of movies, creature feature afternoon movies. And and um, I think you and I have had this discussion before. Like, did you guys have a, a, a station up here that showed, you know, Saturday afternoon movies, but it had a horror host that was kind of over-the-top horror host? You know what I mean? Not like an Elvira, know. but you know what I mean? I, I think I was a little too young for, for that time period when they were doing those type of things, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, in the, in the you know, you're talking like mid, late 80s maybe, right? Late 80s into the 90s. The, in the afternoon used to be these just kind of horror shows that they would put on. And it was these old – a lot of times they were like old movies from – uh, you know the the seventies or sixties and seventies. Sometimes the the fifties sci-fi movies and stuff. Um, but once in a while you'd get ones that are a little bit more recent, like within the eighties. You know. Um, and so I remember this from there because I I distinctly remember the pirate piece of it, the red eyes, like them coming in in the fog. Like I remember all of that. Other than that, it's just a vague shadow memory. So watching this was basically like watching it for the first time, especially okay, well, as an what, adult. Then what was your what was your overall impression then? Of the film entirely as a whole, dude. Okay, yeah. So that's the you know that what that's like. It's like when you go to the movie theater with your friends, you walk out into the parking lot, and you're like, okay, so what'd you think, right? Yeah. So yeah. for me, what I thought, I just I liked it. I really did like it a lot. I felt like it was a John Carpenter film. It had a John Carpenter flavor, and that's because again, it's his kinds of shots. He likes yep. those shadowy, dark scenes if you look at a lot of that stuff there's nothing that's super well lit there's a lot of shadow and darkness in his in his films um and then the score right the dude writes his own music and it just feels like an off it's it's almost like oh this is the guy who did the halloween score because it's got that kind of like that synthesizer steady dun dun You know what I mean? And then, and he's, he likes that also that high ping sound, that ding, 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 whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, But dude, yeah, I, I totally dug it. I felt like it was such a cool film. I thought it was a cool story too. You know what I mean? It really is kind of this cool story. The idea that, um, you know, the, the, these hundred years ago at this town, these pirates were shipwrecked on purpose, uh, 
so that they wouldn't bring leprosy to the, the, the settlements. But the people who did it go out and end up stealing the gold to incorporate the town. Like that's just a, and now it's time for revenge because it's the hundred year anniversary. It's a perfect kind of quick, like little parcel of a story. There's nothing too hard to think about there. Um, and the other thing I like is that it's, 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 it's technically a ghost story. Like it's, it's awesome. It's this cool ghost story with yeah. the way it opens even, right? Like I was telling you, you ever sit around campfires telling ghost stories? Because the way this opens, I'm like, I love that. I, 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 I just, I don't know what it is. Any movie that has campfire ghost stories, I'm sold. I'm sold. And that, that, that opening scene wasn't in the original cut, from what I understand. Yes, that's he right. Had to, he had to go back, and he, it was only like 80 minutes long, the original cut. They wanted to make it scarier, and that was one of the things that they added. Yeah, he. I remember reading that he saw. Uh, I guess he watched when he finished filming it. He, you know, he screened it, and he was just mortified. He was just like, "Oh my god, I can't put this out." So yeah, there's like, would you say how much percent of this film is all new after the fact? It's like forty percent of it, or something like that. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Um, yeah, it is, and that yeah, that opening scene was added. But man, doesn't it add? Just it literally sets the tone for this is what the movie's going to be. You're going to be creeped out because you're about to see a ghost story. And and even even past that, dude. Like I was I was watching the movie, and you had that scene, and then you go into uh, where he picks up uh, the girl, the hitchhiker, yeah, on the on the side of the road, and even they go back to his place. The, the guy's at his door, and he's getting ready to open the door. And I'm thinking, okay, right off the get-go, right from the bat, yeah. you're gonna, you're just going to hit the ground running. And then it goes to the next day, and it's daylight. And it's like, oh, damn, that was just that was just the intro to the movie. Like, there's, yeah. there's more coming, you know? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I really did. I really enjoyed it. I thought performances in this film were pretty pretty good. Um, I don't think that there was anyone that kind of threw me off in terms of performance. And and like I said, if, you, if you're a fan of Carpenter, this is definitely a Carpenter film, right? A, a Carpenter, Deborah Hill film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. What about you, For dude? Sure. What was your impression? Like once you hit that off button, what was your like, well, okay. Uh, you know, I got to say, I think I thought it was better than what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was I was slightly impressed because I went in thinking I had seen bits and pieces of it, mm -hmm. uh, so I had an idea of what I thought it was going to be, and I was completely wrong. So uh, I'm glad it was wrong because it it turned out to be a very very enjoyable ride. Um, having having not seen it, not really knowing, and I was gonna uh, I started the movie and I paused it because I was gonna watch the trailer. Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do that. Because in this way, I'm going through it and I'm experiencing it as it happens instead of ruining it for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it was just I don't know. It was like I said, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. The the, the pirate aspect of it, um, I'm a sucker for that. Uh, I told you I went to school for archaeology and I wanted to do underwater archaeology in the Caribbean with ships, sunken ships, and that's that's uh, just right up my alley. So it all kind of blended together and 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 came together for me. So. Yeah, I'm a fan of films that are are set on these kind of coastal towns. You know what I mean? These kind of yes. like with 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 the shipping and and the docking. I don't know what it is. There's something about that feel of, of an environment. I, I love it. I really do. Um, yeah, dude, it was it was a lot of fun. And then the other piece of it was like the amount of people in this film. So some of them are like you have Jamie Lee Curtis who came off of Halloween, right? Like she did a mm -hmm. couple things, but so so she's not super new anymore. But 
we know her now, right? So you look back and be like, oh, so this is her early body of work. Tom Atkins. So again, I love him in Halloween 3, dude. I really do. Tom Atkins is, to me, is one of those like legendary leading man from the old school horror movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is, I be, is this his first film? I think this is his first film in turn. Oh, no, no. His first film with Carpenter uh, because he was friends with Carpenter's wife, Adrian Barbeau. Which, yes, yes. Which, bro, yep. Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> Okay. First of all, I freaking love her, dude. She is so awesome. And the fact that, like, I think this was one of her first big roles. She used to do TV, a, a few TV things before that, but this was her first yeah. on screen role. Um, and she brought her friend Tom along for the ride. But yeah, uh, I was just like, I love her in this. And, and that, that uh, character playing the, the radio host, you know what I mean? Man, anybody who's heard any of my podcasts know that my love is that kind of thing. I always had that, you know, I don't know what it is, dude. It's 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 the it's all aspects of the entertainment industry. I always wanted to be a director, but I also had this love of the the radio DJ. And for me, the romantic idea of a radio DJ working at night, you right, doing the night shift, sitting in a dark booth just kind of by themselves, maybe a, maybe a producer on the other side drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, whatever, spinning records, and then once in a while cutting in and just being like, hey, what's up, guys, so-and-so? It is about 1.30 in the morning. Hope we're keeping you up on your drive. You know what I mean? Like, just I've always thought that'd be so cool to do. So anytime, again, put me on a coastal town, I'm sold. Put me in a, in a, a movie that has the radio DJ that does that thing, I'm loving it, dude. And Borbo is so awesome in this. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm such a fan of... Any any kind of story that's a small town, yes. Like, and that's and that's one of the things I love about Stephen King is he does that so well in his stories. Is that small town feel, yeah. and and again, a small coastal town, uh, it, it's it it was there. Just kind of like I said, it just kind of everything mixed together to create this concoction that just really, really did it for me. You it know? did. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. What were your thoughts on Tom Atkins, right? Picking up uh, a very young hitchhiker because, I mean, let's be honest, Jamie Lee Curtis is probably like 19, 20, right? He's like closer, closing in on 32 maybe, you know, at his age there. Um, picks her up, right? Uh, they 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 experience this weird phenomena, and we're going to get into the weird phenomena in a little while, but he picks her up, and like they cuts away. You see some other stuff. The next time we see them, they're both in bed. And so you're like, okay, so you're, you're talking the 80s, you know, people were a little bit more, you know, freewheeling. Uh, but then he goes, what's your name? She goes, what's yours? Like, what? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about that because I was saying the exact same thing as I was watching the movie. After he picked her up on their drive and, and, and he said something about, uh, about being lucky and she said, oh, we'll see. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not picking up no hitchhiker off the side of the road and then taking her back and shagging her. Not happening. I don't care. I don't care. Nothing can make me do that. But what like made her think it would be okay? Because she looks at him and she's like, are you a weirdo? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a weirdo. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have sex with you now. Well, her, her first comment to him was that she'd never hitchhiked before. Yeah. One of the first things she said. And then she's like, oh, yeah, this guy that picked me up. And he's like, oh, I thought you never hitchhiked before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she she's done this before. She knows yeah. what she's doing. She's yeah. not, you know. She she gets a ride. She gives him a yeah. thank you. She moves yeah. on to the next. No, she hung around for a while with this one though. Yeah, that was my other thing. I'm like, okay, so 
he must have been good because not only did that happen before they even switched names, but now he's going to do work. Like he's going to see what's going on with the ships. He used to be one of these guys that went out there. Uh, and then he's going out with people to go find this missing ship. And when I say missing ship, um, for listeners who may not have known, seen this and are listening to us anyway, there's a scene a little bit before this where the fog comes into play for the first time. And Adrian Barbeau's character is on the radio telling anyone out there in the waters to watch out for this fog. And there are fishermen that, that work out of this coastal town that end up, you know, coming in contact with the evilness within the fog. So Tom Atkins' character is going out there looking for them. And this girl tags along. Like, why is she not off hitchhiking along? Like, what what made her why want to she stick not, around? Yeah, why is she not moving around? No, She's like, I, oh, on another night you. or two of that dude, man. Yeah, like when they went to the boat docks, and he was, and he said he was going to go see this other guy to go on the boat to go yeah. look. She's like, oh, he, and he even said to her, he said, oh, well, shouldn't you be getting a move on? And she goes, oh, I think I'll come with you. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is compelling you? Nothing weird enough has happened to this point to keep you around. Okay, so the windows broke on the truck, right? big deal but right. why are you still here i know dude it's yeah. just it was funny man um so again i'm a fan of the opening with with this ghost the little ghost story but i all again that there was that one scene where uh tom atkins and jamie lee curse are sitting in that emptied out vessel and they're just kind of talking and he's it, it does kind of slow down like the pacing kind of slows down here and mm -hmm. it starts relaying the story to her um I don't know about you, but for me, I felt like, so what did you think about the pacing? Did you feel like that, that things like that slowed it down too much? Cause there's a lot of times where things kind of slow down. There's a little bit more, let's lay some more groundwork for story. Did you feel the pacing was on point? No, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people will have problems with the pacing, uh, especially if like they're younger, um, yeah. just because of what they're used to media wise. Um, didn't bother me. I, I enjoyed it. I like when stories are slow like that, and and especially in horror, no jump scares. You know what I mean? So you build yeah. that tension, and, and you take it along, you take it along. And that's why, like I said at the beginning, you have the ghost story, and then it, it, it continues to build and rise and rise and rise, and then it falls. Yeah. And and that kind of that kind of build up, build up, build up got me going, and then I was like, okay, I'm settling in now. Where are we going to go with this? What are we going to see? How is this going to yes. go? You know, okay. and, and that... That pacing, I, I I like that pacing. I was it's not just dude. in horror, you know. It's 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 anything. I like I like a nice nice build up and a nice. I'm a sucker for story, character development, character study. So when I when I see that and I'm able to dive in and really be able to pay attention to that type of thing, it it makes the movie that much more enjoyable. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if this is gonna start because I do the same. Like I watch, you know, movies with Anthony, and we we discuss movies a lot of times. And so when I recommend, I tell him to watch a movie so we can break it down and discuss it. There are times where I think to myself, Is this gonna hold his attention? Like, is this gonna be a move? The part in the movie where he's just gonna be like, All right, let me see what's going on on Twitter real quick. Oh, okay, let me get back to the film. You know what I mean? Exactly, uh, because that yeah. does, and this movie does that a lot. Carpenter does, a, like you said, he get there's this build up, and then there's this kind of okay, hold on, slow down. Let's let's add some more layers now before we hit that next rise in the roller coaster. And he does that throughout. Um, yeah, I agree with you, dude. I felt like the pacing on this, I really enjoyed that piece. But I like that. I like the times where they take the time to tell the story. So there's the beginning. There's this one where he's telling Jamie Lee Curtis a little bit of a story. Then there's the the part where the 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 priest, right? Um, you know, Father yes, uh, yep. Morgan, Morgan, whatever his name was, finds he's talking to Janet Lee's character, which, okay, dude, Janet Lee. Oh my god, dude. 
I did I, not. I didn't even know she was in it so until I saw like the, you know the the uh, the titles. I was like, oh snap, Janet Lee's in this too. Come on now, come on now. Um, for those of the, you who don't know, Janet Lee is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, but she, uh, in my mind, her most unforgettable role of all time is in Psycho. She gets murdered by Norman Bates. She is the famous yep. shower scene scream queen. Um, but yeah, Janet Wait, Lee that in this word, film. That word, scream queen. You had three of them in this yes. movie alone. Yes. How oh awesome, God, right? Dude. Like the, like I look back at like I, I was looking back on this uh, today thinking about how I want to talk about that just thinking this movie is just you know no wonder it has such a cult status now because it's just jam packed first of all with insane talent but really the story's solid it's a solid freaking story dude a oh, story yeah. of a ghost story about revenge uh, coming onto a town of people who at the beginning you know the beginnings of this town were just kind of. I'm sorry, they were shitty. I mean, right? They yeah. they literally made made a ship go get stranded uh because they were afraid that the they they didn't want the captain to bring leprosy to their land. Like okay. Shitty people, dude. Jesus. Like yeah. quarantine them or something. <laughs> like stay on your ship. Don't come on the land for a bit, right? I don't know. Well, what they were doing, they they were going to make them have a community a uh, mile up shore. Yeah. But they just didn't want They didn't want it close. They, they just didn't, didn't want, want the risk. I don't know. It's crazy, right? And in yeah. this day and age, it's like we can kind of have an understanding of that mindset when you start looking at it. If you did a remake today, keep everything, and instead of leprosy, the story is coronavirus. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they ended up killing people because they didn't want the coronavirus to come on shore. Like, that could happen. Um, but, dude, yeah, I, this I really did enjoy this this movie. Um Bringing up Janet Lee, dude, just to see her on there. Oh, that was my point. So it does take this 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 time to you know slow down when the preacher's telling the the priest is telling her the story. Which let me let me talk about this real quick. There was a moment in this film where I was like, "What the fuck was that about?" Um, <laughs> when Janet Lee first gets there uh, to the the church and she's looking for the pastor or the priest, right? Priest, pastor, priest, right? His father, father, um, father Malone, yeah, yeah. So she's looking for this guy. Um, She's calling him, calling him, calling him, and she comes near the altar, and the dude literally just kind of like like shoots up <laughs> from the darkness, <laughs> like like Nosferatu rising from a coffin. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I noticed like, that. I said the same thing. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think it was <laughs> just because of of what they had and, and where they could stick the guy. I but think, yeah, the, it was I weird, gotta tell dude. you, I think John Carpenter's got a sense of humor, though, in, in, in doing things like that. Because there's also a thing that I had to look up when I was watching it. Um, there's the scene where the kid goes out to the beach and he sees that gold coin. And then mm-hmm. the, the water comes over and the gold coin turns into a piece of the ship. It's got a name, the part of the name of the ship. And uh, he brings Dane. it to his, yeah, he brings it to the, his mother and says, Look what I found, look what I found, blah, blah, blah. He says, Mom, can I go get a stomach pounder and a Coke? And I was like, a <laughs> stomach pounder? What the hell's a stomach pounder? So I looked it up, and there's a, all these people online that tried to claim they know what it is. But apparently, John Carpenter already said that it was just a joke. It was a joke, like, phrase that they threw in there to kind of, you know, insinuate the fact that eating, like, a quarter pounder or Big Mac or something like that being, like, not good for a kid. You know what I mean? Um, See, it's funny you say that because I had to look that up too. I was like, because I watched this movie twice, and, and I, I just let it go. Oh, the so first did I? Time. Yeah. 
And, and I was like, okay, stomach pun. It must be something from the 80s. I don't know. I and know. I was like, the second I time, I was like, that. no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what is that? So I had to pause it and look it up, and it wasn't anything. No. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't be out of the norm to think maybe Carpenter thought it'd be funny that this dude just kind of came rising up out of the darkness, you know? I, I, got, I got another part. Ready? Here's, here's something yeah. else. In the beginning, uh, when he first finds that book, I don't know if you saw this, when he first finds that book uh, in the wall and he's opening it up, they, they show, uh, show a close-up of the title page, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to him, I think, and then it goes back to the book as he's uh, turning a different page. And that first page that we only see a, a quick glimpse of, uh, it's got sloppily handwriting on it, but it says, uh, it says something, something that you can't really make out. It says, my college education to work writing dumb shit in this fucking movie props <laughs> being one. <laughs> it's time to bring in the words guide. Or the big tits, tattoos, and shaved beavers. I know horny blank would go blank for some of that. Get out, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I that and I when I watched so it the second amazing. time, I actually paused it. And that I mean, you can make it out. That's exactly what it oh says. Oh my god, that is so amazing. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. See, that's the thing. I it makes me think he does have that like throw little things in there because I, I i saw it twice too and the first time i thought what the hell is that priest doing second time i watched it to really pay attention did like my mind not see it right maybe he just kind of stepped out no the dude literally kind of like comes lifting like out of up. something dude it's so insane um, yeah and then at the beginning uh that that opening scene with them around the campfire there's this really really i don't know what this was dude and i watched three different versions of this scene uh, I downloaded the movie. I watched mm-hmm. it on uh, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and then I actually pulled up this scene on YouTube. And it's weird because the guy's sitting there talking, talking, and it's moving real slow. And then all of a sudden, it just shoots real quick into a, yes. a close-up. Yeah, and I saw that. And I was like, okay, was I wacko, downloaded dude. this maybe – Maybe it's just a bad editor or, or round, transfer I, or something. I rewound it because I thought, did, did that just clip? Did it just like stutter? Because I, I just it took a second for me to ca- like realize that it did that. So I rewound it a little bit and hit play again. I was like, oh no, that was a fast zoom. Like that was yeah. a fast in tight like get in there. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, but that was it too. I was like, okay, well, I guess it's gonna have a stylized to this this film, and that was it. That was the only time it ever happens. Um, See, I thought it was just like, uh, I, I don't know, dude. It, it looks like it's like modern day post. Like they, yeah. they had the scene and then they clipped it together real quick. But I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I saw it in three different versions. So yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. It was weird and it, yeah. it caught me off guard. And yeah, it was weird. I don't know, man. But it was, it was, it was pretty funny. I wonder if it was the, you know, he hit the zoom on accident and he fucked it up. And he's like, you know what? It was such a great <laughs> monologue. Like, I'm not going to, we can't redo this. He's like, just keep it. No one's going to notice, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's what happened. They had it perfectly placed on that guy's face that it that's wasn't. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, dude, there's there's so much in this film that you can find little funny things like that. But overall, like, I feel like it was solid. It was good. Yeah. It, it was creepy. Obviously, it doesn't reach the kind of stuff that's kind of scary on today's level. But oh, I think yeah. I think it's still a creepy film. You watch this kind of in the dark and put your phones away and really just pay attention and soak it in. Let yourself kind of get lost mm-hmm. in it. It can be creepy because it's got all the elements like, you know, it builds up slowly. We get the story and what it is like and how it works. We get a little bit of the, the, um, the premonition, like, like this is what's coming. Uh, the sense of foreboding when you, the first rock falls out of that wall, everything's kind of weird. He finds the journal and that first page says, you know, from midnight to one belongs to the dead. 
Like it's like mm-hmm. okay, so 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 when you find out the story later, it all ties together that that's when the ship came aground and they were all dead, you know, and and now you know between midnight and one on these nights leading up, all this crazy stuff starts happening. So like yeah. glass starts smashing, right? The those the the car alarms start going off, all mm-hmm. those cars start beeping and stuff. Um if you're trying to watch this movie like with somebody sleeping in another room, right, and you're turning it up because it's a lot of whispering and quiet talking, this is not the movie to do it in because there's these blares that come out of nowhere and you're not expecting Man, I felt it. bad for my neighbors, man. <laughs> I had to keep turning it down when things got loud. I had no idea it was coming. Dude, I know. <laughs> and then there's the part where um, where the, the foghorn's going off for the mm. longest time. Like it just yeah. won't stop. It's like... Throughout the entire thing, but as I was watching it um, the second time through, I was really noticing. I was like, you know what? That's really doing too. Is that's kind of setting this weird unease. Just hearing that over and over makes you feel kind of like you're on edge. Like, ugh, this is it's a little much, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. But but overall, you know the 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 build up. It, there's a it's a good payoff too because we don't have to see what they look like. In clear oh, no. daylight. I think seeing them in the dark is what's the creepiest thing with the red glowing eyes. See, and that's and, and that's good horror, man. And that's one thing when you're making a horror, especially film, but story in general. How long do you keep your monster hidden in the dark? Do you yeah. not show it to your audience to build that suspense of what you're supposed to be afraid of? I think that's the scariest thing to me yeah. is being scared but not knowing what I'm be- afraid of. And okay, granted, yes, we can see their their shapes in the fog, but what do these things look yeah, like? Just outlines. You know I mean? That's all you get the yeah. entire time is silhouettes. Uh, so you know what the shapes are, and we know that they they've got their pirates. There's only one instance when when one of their heads kind of comes through this flash of light where you see the green kind of you know seaweed skin and all these like little creepy crawlies all over it, and it's all like just kind of algae looking, and that's it. That's all you get. That plus red eyes. Other than that, it's all silhouette. It's all black, and which is per- like for and me, I it's love perfect. That. It works. It works so yeah. well because the fog, which you can see, this glowing white, is another thing that's kind of creepy because you know what's coming with it. So that's the thing that you're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what's it, even though it's like this blank surface, it's creepy. You're like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> we got some stuff coming now. Yeah. No. And and what t- the fog, man. Just the way they were able to do that with actual fog, man, I can't even begin to believe how big of a pain in the ass that, that had to have been. And then the use of of reversing footage yes. to get that effect Love of uh, a fog going into something or, or, or moving out real quick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it love great, it, dude. dude. It's great. I love it. The effects, yeah. So speaking to that, the effects on this film were really good for, for you know, even – so there were things, obviously, you look at it and you're like, okay, well, it's it's – it's the product of its time, but overall it's it totally stands up because it, it has almost an aesthetic to it that it feels like it's, it's the, the kind of a look, the, the whole package of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the glowing red eyes, it's not any top of the you know line special effects, but it still looks good. It looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like you said, the fog effects, psh, amazing. They look great. Well, they did the stabs on the ship with the, uh, the first three guys that got, yeah. uh, got killed. No blood. No blood, and you don't need yeah. it, and it, and it works. 
it works great because that that was one of the things with the original Halloween is that movie seemed so much gorier to audiences, yeah, because of the lack of blood, yeah, because they were they were and and, and really personally, I think that has to stem from I'm not seeing gore, so I'm not focusing on that. I'm more focused on the actual act mm-hmm. of somebody killing somebody else. You know what I mean? Right, and the thing is, is even if you've never seen what that looks like in real life, your brain fills in the holes. So oh, that's yeah. why it's horrific to you because you're like, oh my God, I just watched somebody get s- sliced open. When t- No, you didn't. You just watched the knife come down. You didn't see yeah. anything slice open. Uh, it's the psycho effect, right? It's the it's it's kind of like when Hitchcock did the same thing with Janet Lee's character in, in the shower scene. You know, so many people swore up and down that number one, they saw the knife penetrate her skin over and over. You don't see that. Number two, people swore up and down that she was naked in the film. You don't see her. You don't see her fully nude body whatsoever. It's it's the camera angles. It's the suggestion. And it's your brain kind of in this hyper aware state of fear that fills in all the other holes that you're not taking in in that moment. You know what I mean? Um, It's a crazy thing the way the brain works. But John Carpenter uses it great in his films. Like I said, Look at the shadows, the way he plays it, so that you he shows you what he wants you to see, and you have to use your imagination for all the other pieces of that entire frame. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. No, um, for sure. Uh, I got a question for you. Yeah. This is, this is plot talk. Ready? Six, they said six people must die, right? Yeah. Okay. So these things came to the town. How did they decide... Which six people they were going to kill? First of all, this is part one of the question. Yeah, how, how did they figure out who they were going to kill? Um, it was wasn't it the founders, the the descendants of the founders? So like the pastor guy was one of them for sure because it was one of yes. it was his his great grandfather or whatever that was you know that was a part of that. Uh, Janet Lee's husband uh, was one of the was was uh, a descendant as well. I well, I think that was the thing is that it was the descendants of the, the the main founders of the town or the six main people of that town that 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 did that thing. See, I or did I read that? I, I I've watched this twice. Yeah, and the first time I didn't. There was no connection that I picked out. So the second time I I watched, I didn't pick anything out. And I'm like, what? Okay, so they just show up the town and kill six random people. Besides the pastor, he was obviously, yeah. but six random people. And I guess, uh, I guess they did a novelization of the movie where they actually explained. Is that, that where I know it about it? So it must have been yeah. where I, you know, uh, yeah. read an article or something because I didn't read the book. So I must have, I yeah. must have like heard that that was the the, the back behind it. Um, yeah, because I read some stuff behind it, like on the making of it after I watched it. Because anytime I see something like this, I'm like, I want to see like, is there anything else that I could read about it? How they made it? So like, I know the idea behind the fog and the inspiration came from other pieces of, of literature and stories and stuff. But it was also this trip that, you know, uh, that Carpenter and Deborah Hill took to Stonehenge. And while they were there, they saw a fog rolling in and he says to her, he's like, wouldn't it be scary if, if there was, if something was in that fog, you know, something dangerous, that'd be scary, wouldn't it? And that kind of just sparked this idea of, what if we could do this? And apparently the idea behind the grounding of a ship and stuff was, uh, he says, was based on a true story that happened up in, you know, Northern California at some point in the past where, you know, a ship was grounded on purpose to keep, you know, to so that they could go on and steal the gold or something like that. So um, I wonder if I saw that there because for me, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's all yeah. the, like the founding the founding people's descendants. Yeah, it makes sense, but like I said, I didn't, I didn't 
if it's in the film, I didn't catch yeah. it. And yeah. it was just weird to me. because I'm, I'm going to have to go there. back now and watch it a third time. Just, to, and, just be like, and here's point too. Ready? I'm sitting there watching it and I'm thinking, okay, yes, it's a small town. Okay, but there's still a lot of people here. Where the fuck is everybody? Besides yeah. that, 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 the celebration, I didn't see anybody else. So yeah. why are these ghosts only going certain places and not? Because they could have had six people like that and been gone. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's it's more along the lines of these are the people we want you to look at because yeah. this is the story, right? But you're right. Like even in the background, you don't see any cars going by anywhere really much. You don't see too many people going around. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. And she was on the she was on the radio saying, "Oh, go to the go to the church, go to the church. If you're out there, go to the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. It's safe." And I'm thinking, okay, nobody else shows up the entire time <laughs> they're in the church. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that, man. Now, now there's a little hole there. I'm like, oh, yeah. come on, John, come on, John, work on that hole instead of trying to get in on the movie. You saw John Carpenter in the movie, yeah? In the movie yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> I, I was watching. I, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, same here. I was like, hey, that is John Carpenter right there. Father, can I get paid? That's all he says. And he's like, all right, peace out. <laughs> he says, Father, can I get paid? And the father's like. Fuck you. He's he like, says, no, you know it, what? You should come in earlier tomorrow. <laughs> no, you should come in two hours later tomorrow so I don't have or to later. pay you as much. <laughs> That's what it is. And the guy's like, all right, I'll do that instead of getting cash money. <laughs> See, and that took me weird because I was like, all right, okay, so this pastor is going to be a dick for this whole movie. And then he ended up not being a dick. And I was like, okay, well, that was weird. But he still got his shit at the end, dude. <laughs> <laughs> through through association. He had he had nothing to do with it except his, his yeah. blood. Yeah, you know? which, which what does that remind you of, bro? Nightmare on Elm Street, right? The sins of the fathers. You have to answer oh. for a man. Oh, the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Well, yeah, the, the I think the phrases, but yeah. Um, yeah, dude. No, I still enjoy this. Even with that little, these little holes like that, man. It was, for me, it's, I think it's, it's definitely holds its place in, in horror. And for me, I would definitely recommend it for people to watch. Um, you know, I'd own a, I'd own a copy of it. Like anytime I say I'm going to own a copy of a movie for me, that just says that t- you know, I loved it. I enjoyed it. You know, I was going to buy it, and then I decided not to, partly because I'm broke as shit, um, <laughs> but partly, I don't know why. Uh, but I was actually going to buy the movie, and I was going to watch the uh, the director's commentary. Um, oh, nice. I didn't. Because I, I, I've done that before. Like, I did that with um, uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween yeah. uh, film and some other films, and, and I, I enjoy listening to what the director has to say, just yeah. for, for film. Cause, cause I'm big into film and just to hear how things are made, how, how it's done, how they do yeah. this, that, the other thing. But yeah, I didn't buy this one. <laughs> I would, Maybe. I would, Maybe. if I had, if my bank account wasn't yeah. zero, zero all the way across the board. Yeah, sure. I'd buy it. So, that, so that's how you'll rank this one. You're going to be like, this is on my list to buy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is my, my future collection, whatever that's going to be, whether it's Blu-ray, Delta Ray, whatever you want to call it, man, it'll be something. Um, all right, so next week, next or the next episode, we're doing uh, the next one that they discuss in this documentary, which is the Changeling. Yeah, yes. And you've never seen the Changeling? No, I. Uh, I think I got it confused with the Angelina Jolie movie uh, called <laughs> Changeling, um, yeah. which I thought was a remake of this movie. Uh, <laughs> so that'll be interesting to watch this movie and see how wrong I am. But yeah. <laughs> Oh God, that was amazing, dude. Um, yeah, I think um, 
you know what? It's going to be interesting. This this is a definitely going to be a film that I'm going to be interested to see what you think because, like I said, I saw it last time. Uh, my last time I saw it was this past October for Halloween, so it's a it is much more fresh in my mind, and I, it, you know I'm interested to see it again. Uh, good, but I'm really going to be interested to see what you think. Good, good, good. Uh, all right, folks, there you go. The very first episode of Out of the Shadows in the books. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're going to come along for the ride. We're definitely going to be keep uh, going to keep doing this. We got a whole lot of movies uh, to talk about, uh, and if you want to follow along, man, you can just check out the In Search of Darkness documentary on Shutter. Um, I think you can also still get it on DVD or Blu-ray. I think it's just on Blu-ray. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Make sure you head over to the website bicbp-radio.com. Check out a lot of the other shows on the network. Make sure you throw them some support. Uh, Jim, you got anything you want to promote before we head out of here? Uh, I don't believe I do. Not right now. Not yet. Not yet. Not Besides yet. the network, check out the network. There you go. Uh, all right, folks. Until then, I don't know, man. I don't know how I want to close this show out yet. Get back in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with something. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>